You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. continue going through the gospel of Luke, and as we do this, we're noting how that the gospel of Luke talks more and focuses more on the Holy Spirit than any other gospel. And also, Luke has a particular concern in the ways in which God, through Christ, keeps reaching out to the marginalized, to people who are kind of on the edges. We've looked at Jesus and and the ways in which he's doing ministry and and how he's going about Galilee. And today we're really focusing on Jesus, the master teacher. One of the things we know about Jesus was that he was not a stationary rabbi. He went from town to town and village to village. And as Jesus purposely moves about, he goes two different places. He does go to the synagogue. He goes to the religious community. That's his custom. Jesus is continuously trying to renew the religious institution, whether it was the synagogue back in that day or the church today. Jesus is not giving up on the church. And Jesus also is purposely reaching out into the world, into the community. So everywhere and anywhere was Jesus' pulpit. He could teach from a boat. He could talk along a lakeshore. He could talk in the fields. He could speak from a mountainside. Wherever Jesus was, he purposely was teaching and proclaiming and reaching out to people. And as Jesus does this, we note in particular in the Gospel of Luke, in this particular segment, that Jesus is reaching out to women. For women in those days, in particular, were many times on the fringes and the margins of culture and society. Last week, we noted how that a woman came, a woman of poor reputation, broke into Simon's house and poured perfume over his feet. Next Sunday, we'll look at how a woman suffering something like 14 years from a horrendous bleeding hemorrhage reached out and touched the hem of his garment. Today, before we jump into this story of the four kinds of hearts, we want to take note that Jesus again was calling women not just to be healed, but he was calling women as his disciples too. So let's look at these first few verses of chapter 8, the Gospel of Luke. Now soon afterward, Jesus began to tour the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him, so that's the guys, He took his 12 disciples with him along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, 
from whom he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Now, this is not the last time we're going to hear about Mary Magdalene and Susanna and Joanna because these women follow him wherever he goes. They're there at the cross. When he's laid in the tomb, it's these women who follow closely to see where they buried him. It's these women that go on that Sunday to the tomb carrying the spices. And it's these women who are the first proclaimers of the good news that he has risen from the dead. And so as Jesus is continuously expanding the number of people who are following him, men and women, rich and poor, various other kinds of people in Galilee, he's raising up new voices. Jesus is always about the business of bringing new voices, new disciples into his movement. We're looking forward uh, to knowing soon who the new voice, who the new leader of Schweitzer will be. And we pray for him or her that your spirit, God, will be upon them and upon this congregation. We're grateful for all the other new voices, new pastors, young pastors that you're raising up in this congregation, lay people, leaders. And we're grateful for people of all ages, for you've got something new and fresh to do in every one of our lives in this sanctuary today. We pray this in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, as we continue to read the Gospel of Luke today, we're now looking at a parable. We're, so Jesus was the master teacher, and Jesus loved to speak in parables. And so one of the most familiar parables that he gives is the parable of the sower, it's called. But in many ways, it could be called the parable of the four soils or the four kinds of persons or the four kinds of hearts. And so as I read this portion of the gospel this morning, those of you who are able, I invite you to stand. One day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant a seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out with tender, the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, 
But I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while. Then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly. The message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's Word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You, you may have a seat. So we have four different kinds of soil. We have four different kinds of people. We have four different kinds of hearts. Let's look at these four different hearts and, and consider as we walk through this today, which kind of heart best describes the condition, the snapshot of your heart at this moment, at this time in your life with God. There's the footpath. We understand about what footpaths are. They're hardened. They're crusty. It has little chance for the seed, the Word, to penetrate on the path. And even before it might, birds come, snatching it away. There's the rocky ground. I always like to say when it rains in the Ozarks, it rains rocks. In Palestine, Israel, there's a limestone layer just beneath the surface. And so the soil that was so prevalent in that part of the country was that just beneath the surface, there was a rock that just would not allow that to penetrate, to go deep, and without moisture, it, it would quickly die. There's, there's, the, there's also the thorns. Oh, we know about thorns. We know about those things that choke out the seed. We'll look at that more in depth later. But there's the fertile soil. There's the rich black gold kind of heart where the seed, the Word of God that's free of obstacles and distractions is able to germinate and grow in us. And Jesus, at this point in the parable, just naming those four soils, says anyone that, who has ears, let them hear, let them understand. Hearing is the big thing in this parable. I want to point out to you right now that Seven different times in this text, Jesus refers 
to the hearing, to the listening heart. All four of these different persons or hearts hear the Word of God. But there's a way of hearing and receiving and making room for that. That's what we want to talk about today. So it's to this provocative statement, Jesus says, anyone who has ears, he says this to the crowd, he says this before everybody, anyone that has ears, let them hear and understand. Well, the disciples then, these closer companions, these men and women that are journeying with Jesus, they have a sidebar conversation. And because they don't understand... (laughs) And they say, uh, would you explain the meaning of the parable? And Jesus uh, says, well, you know why I speak in parables? I speak in parables to conceal and to reveal. I speak in parables to conceal the secrets and the mysteries that I don't want certain people to hear and understand and have. Sounds kind of harsh. But why would God want to reveal intimate secrets and mysteries that God wants His followers to get? Why would He want those who would trample under it or disregard it or misuse it or abuse it? Do you share your most intimate secrets and thoughts with just anybody? I sure hope not. How much more God whispers into the hearts and minds and the ears of spirits that are receptive and can take it and receive it and produce good crop for His kingdom. Don't you want to be that kind of person? Are you that kind of person? Well, Let's go a little bit deeper then into the meaning of of these four different kinds of hearts. The footpath heart. This one just saddens me. This this one just kind of describes the person or the heart that has a a spirit about them that, that just doesn't allow any truth or any word. Or, or anything from God to really have any chance of penetration. And maybe that describes you. It probably doesn't because if it did describe you, I'm surprised you're here. But, but I'm glad you're here if, if this really describes you. But if it doesn't describe you, it probably describes someone that you love very much. Someone that's close to you. People that you encounter every day. In 44 years, I've never seen the the path harder and more packed than it seems to be in our culture. And for those of us who receive the Word of God and really love people who have the hard path kind of heart, and I hope we do, we need the wisdom of God, we need the compassion of God to know, Lord, how do I till lightly on this heart? How do I cultivate a sensitivity and a care and a love 
in the hearts and minds and spirits of people that may be laughing at us or so hard toward you? Don't we need to cultivate carefully? Because my sense is that even on the hardened path, God doesn't give up on anyone. Now, this, this rocky ground is, is interesting in that so many times we, we can be moved emotionally. Maybe it, it, by a piece of music. Maybe by a sunset. <laughs> maybe even in a sermon. It can happen. You get a word. And you're enthusiastic, and you're going to go out and do something about it. And yet, it's so easy to lose that enthusiasm, that, that emotion, or that, that sense of drive and passion. We've done it before. It went nowhere. And the older we get and the longer we live, I think it's hard sometimes to hold on to passion and enthusiasm or can run out. But in our culture or in our world today, it's so easy just to, eh, you know, when adversity hits, I'm just not going to put much effort here. And the seed isn't able to penetrate. It also, I think, describes a person that's new to the faith, or maybe that someone has just come alive in Jesus, and, and they're really hungry. And they need to be discipled. They need to be taught by people. That scripture, uh, scripture is so important for us to utilize at Schweitzer. And we have this in Sunday classes. The, the Bible Made Simple is a class we're doing right now that's really engaging people, uh, getting the full grasp of the Bible. And, and this church is continuously dedicated to help people get grounded and receiving the Scriptures. Sometimes, friends, when someone's just turned on to the faith, what they need is maybe someone like you. Someone that'll sit down with them. Maybe it's one-on-one. -on -one. I think it's best when it's maybe three or four people. And they're, they're just hungry, and they're like a sponge. Sometimes it can be our grandchildren. Sometimes it can be uh, other people down the street or in our neighborhood that has no affiliation with the church whatsoever. Are you open to being that person that helps someone that's got the enthusiasm, but, boy, that word has got to go deeper? Are you a nurturer? Are you a waterer of the seed in someone else's life? Then there's the thorns, aren't there? Jesus says there's three main culprits, three main types of thorns that will choke out the Word of God, that chokes out the life of God. And who of us in this room that have walked with Jesus for a while don't know about thorns? Jesus says there's the cares and the worries of the world. There's the riches, the, the, the love of riches, the focus on wealth. And there's just the seeking after pleasure and letting these things captivate and choke out what God wants to do in our life. There's all kinds of biblical examples of this. In terms of worries and cares, if you're a student of the Bible, you know the story of Mary and Martha. 
And Jesus comes down on Martha, not because she's a worker and Mary's contemplative. It has nothing to do with that. It's the way that Martha's going about her busy life. She's just so frantic and worried about many things, she doesn't enjoy things. We can go through days and we can have our full schedules and the demands of life, and we can rush from appointment to appointment to appointment, and we get caught up in that, or we can worry obsessively about loved ones or friends that we have to just give to God, invite God to come into their life, or we can just be frantic and worried about many things and miss the one thing that's needed, and that's this relationship with God. I think worries and anxiety and cares can get the best of us. I know it can me. And then just the concern for riches. Jesus had a lot of things to say about riches. Later on in this message series, we're going to hear Jesus' words about the, the rich farmer, the rich fool, and uh, the way in which riches and wealth begins to captivate us. And the more that our portfolios increase, how easy it is to focus on that. And then there's, of course, just pleasure-seeking, running after other things, uh, doing things just for doing things. And that's fine, as long as it's not choking out the thing that God wants us to be doing, how God wants us to be centered on this thing and to find the pleasure in that. And I, as I was working on this message last Monday, I, I was just struck by the news and, and what's trending in the news and what, what the headline news is. And I thought, well, I'm just going to go to my iPhone right now, and I'm going to check in uh, what's, the, what's the headline news today, last Monday. And here, here, here was what popped up on my iPhone. One headline was, all the daring dresses you didn't get to see from Grammy's weekend. Second headline said, mother allegedly harassing college students trying to find a son, her son, a date. Another headline, stock market may be in for a rude awakening, strategist warns. As I was reading those headlines, I thought about the shallowness. I thought about the, the drama that we like to create in our culture and the focus on celebrities and wealth. The very things that Jesus says will choke out my word. But then there's the good soil. Oh, there's that, there's that dark, black soil that produces great, great harvest. Some years ago, Susan and I bit the bullet and we decided to unearth our lawn because we were having water problems in our basement. And so we had to bite the bullet and we got excavators and, and we got a contractor. And so they unearthed our lawn and they removed all these big stones and rocks and they tore out some old piping and they put in some new piping and they put in uh, French drains and they brought in some top soil, what was called, I remember the contractor called it uh, black gold. And when I saw the price sticker, I believed it. 
and then sawed on top. But through that whole process and a lot of watering on our part, it worked. The water was diverted in the way it was supposed to go. The lawn was restored. And in the same way, how do we, friends, how can we allow God to really speak into our life? How can we rearrange? How can we do some excavation this morning? How can we freshly listen to the Word of God and allow that seed that He wants to sow in us to germinate and grow and flourish? I want to talk about four things that we might do. That helps us to really hear the Word of God. Before I do, what do we mean by the Word of God? One of the things we mean by the Word of God is, is, is the Scripture. The Bible contains the Word of God. So there's the Scripture. We need to be able to receive and hear Scripture. But we also need to remember that before there was the written Word, there was what? There was the spoken word. There was the oral word. Much of Scripture was, is, is, are, first of all, spoken words, a part of a tradition that weaved its way into the Scripture. God speaks and things happen. And before there was the spoken word, there was the Word incarnate. There was Jesus. And so when we think about the Word of God, we're hearing from Scripture. We're hearing the spoken word. We're hearing from Jesus it's alive. The Word of God is alive. It's dynamic. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It rearranges the heart. And it, wherever God's Word speaks forth, things happen. There's action. So how do we receive the Word of God? Whoever you are, whatever is going on in your life today. One of the things that I have found that's very helpful is the Bible app. And if you have any type of electronic phone, you can get the version Holy Bible because we live busy lives. And, and sometimes it's just so helpful to hear the Word of God spoken, Scripture just spoken. And you can hear any portion of Scripture in the Bible app. I listen to it oftentimes in the car. I listen to it when I'm walking in the gym oftentimes. It's listening to the Scripture. And you might think, I don't have time for this, but... You, you can, in a 30-minute walk, you can be receiving four or five chapters of, of Scripture, of the Word spoken to you. Also, I have found it very helpful when I read the psalm in the morning, I read one psalm every morning, to read it out loud. There's something about just saying it out loud, speaking the words out, and it resonates. It, it, it brings forth a living, powerful, dynamic rather than just reading it. So, hearing the Word of God spoken, Bible app through your own words is one way. Another way, through the daily text, we're blessed right now that J.D. Uh, Walt and I, who we never talk, um, is now going through the Gospel of Luke. Go figure. And uh, we're going through the Gospel of Luke. And so the daily text is a wonderful way in which every day you can listen and receive a five to ten minute devotion. And again, on my particular phone, I like to listen to him speak these words. And so to be able to receive that, and so as we go deeper into Luke, and we're doing this through 
Easter, J.D. Walt is now in Luke going through Easter. Those are ways in which we really actively listen. But I want to give you a couple more things that is is a deeper challenge. One is in in fasting and prayer. Uh, Some of us are fasting every Wednesday. Going without food. More intentionally listening to God. Fasting is one of the basic means of grace in the Wesleyan Methodist tradition. Fasting is prevalent in Scripture. Fasting for different reasons. And the idea of communities, churches, religious groups, fasting together as a whole. During Lent this year, on Wednesdays, we are asking everyone in the church to fast and pray every Wednesday. And at noon, we'll gather here in the sanctuary for those who can. But we want everyone to stop whatever they're doing at noon every Wednesday and just begin to pray. To pray over the kind of things that Jim Mason prayed over this morning. As we pray for a great awakening. Now, I know that some of you, or you may be thinking right now, I'm going to fast. My idea of fasting is about as likely as me jumping out an airplane. I get that. I'm going to say it's time to jump. It's time to jump out of the plane. It's time for us to do something that activates our ability to hear from God. And so I commend to you to practice fasting and prayer. The final thing for you to consider is the importance of silence and solitude. So I make the practice of going down to uh, Ava to uh, Assumption Abbey. And I went down there uh, a week ago. I I arrived at 10 o'clock on the morning on a Thursday and left at 10 o'clock on a Saturday. And it was a working, it was a working retreat. I worked on five different messages. But in the midst of that, other than just table conversation, I, I was alone. I was able to take a two-hour walk on on that Friday when the sun was shining. It was 25 degrees, just bundled up, jumping across water streams, walking among the cedars. It was healing for my soul. There is something about solitude and silence. And you may not be able to take a 24- or 48-hour retreat to a monastery, but here's here's what you can do. You can create silent and solitude zones in your home. Maybe it's just a room. Maybe it's just a time where we unplug. And in the stillness, we intentionally are there to listen to our soul and listen to God speak to us. Silence and solitude is a deep, rich way where you really cultivate a good-hearted heart that God can use to produce great fruit. You've been very kind to listen to a long sermon this morning. So I just ask the question, which kind of heart do you have right now? Is it a hard path heart? 
Is it hard where you've got some rocks and, and you need to just excavate some things that's underneath the surface? Do you have a particular thorn that's choking out the Word of God in you? What's the thorn that needs to be removed? Or are you a person that does have this rich heart and you want to cultivate that heart you want to you want to continue to germinate seeds so that God's word can flourish in your life and you can be a great blessing to others anyone with ears to hear Jesus says should listen and understand